Today is December 19th of 2023, and we welcome you to our year-end final podcast for the year of 2023. My name is Larry Lannon. I'm a volunteer and a retiree. Uh, I produce these podcasts and a few other things for Chapter 49, which represents most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. We're very happy you have chosen to spend a little time with us as we approach the holiday season. And it's definitely the time of year for annual leave for people who have any or have enough. And one person who definitely has plenty is Duncan Giles, who will soon be going on his uh, Christmas hiatus uh, for taking a little leave. You've certainly earned it, but uh, good to have you back on the podcast, Duncan. Thanks, Larry. It's always good to be here. And uh, this week in a uh, population-diminishing building by the day. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, people I, in. <laughs> I don't know about you, Duncan. When I was new, I always ended up working around the holidays because all the people with much more tenure were all gone. And uh, I do remember that being uh, pretty sparse and toll-free back in those days. <laughs> and and uh, But we, uh, I'm sure you had those days early on in your career as well. But as time went on, you know, we got to take the time off if we chose to do it during the holidays. I think I, I've told you before that the day after Thanksgiving, I, I often did work just so I could get some work done because there were so few other people in the office. But we want everyone to have a really terrific holiday season. However, you celebrate holiday, most is, you know, you and I uh, so, certainly celebrate it as the Christian holiday of, of Christmas. Others uh, have other ways of, of, of celebrating this season, and we need to respect everyone who does uh, celebrate this time of year in their own special way. But there's no question that Christmas is one of the great holidays in the Christian faith, and and uh, has of course a secular side in American custom. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, like, like you said, whatever holiday you celebrate, um, you know, please do it safely, responsibly, and, uh, you know, but just enjoy yourself and take some time. Just to let you know what we're going to do, there are about three topical issues. We never want to leave those alone on this podcast, but we'll spend the majority of the time at the end uh, doing a year-end review, some of the big issues we've talked about on the podcast and also take at the very end a, a retrospective on three and a half years of doing this podcast. Some said it wouldn't last two weeks, Duncan, and here we are. Still, I think that was still, us. Now, we were the ones that, <laughs> let's do it a week or two and see if anybody listens, if anybody yeah. cares. And uh, lo and behold, people are listening and watching, and they do care, which we really, uh, we added the video, uh, what, about a year or so after we started and uh, although it's not quite as popular as the as the audio version, people are watching and people are listening. So as long as that's the case, you and I will will continue to do this. So let's get to the uh, topical issues. The pay raise that's coming for next year is a big one. There's a decision that has to be made fairly soon on that. And by the way, uh, we're waiting as we record this on the morning, the early morning of December 19th. So we're waiting for that decision from the administration and since there's no budget agreed to, the administration will have uh, uh, the decision at this time. It could always be changed, but it's unlikely once the president comes out with it, since the Congress has not uh, objected so far to the pay raise amount. And uh, the, the defense authorization bill is about to be signed by the president as we speak uh, and record this. Once that's done, that the pay parity has been very uh, common where uh, the uh, – 
the uniformed uh, military and, and the uh, percentage raise for the civilian workforce normally is the same. There have been a few exceptions, but that's been the general rule. So, uh, again, if you want the latest update, go to Facebook. If you haven't followed or uh, uh, liked our Facebook page, you can do that. Just go to Facebook and, and, uh, and do a search. NTEU Chapter 49, Indiana. That exact phrase. And uh, you can follow and you can uh, follow or like our uh, Facebook page and you'll get on your news feed uh, the latest that we have. Let's go back to the pay raise, Duncan. Uh, kind of remind everybody where we are on that. Yeah, where it, what it seems and what it was passed in the Defense Act you uh, referenced for also civilian defense employees as well is a 4.7% raise with a half percent locality pay in addition. So overall, it uh, could be 5.2. It depends if you're in a Los Angeles or New York. A higher um, expense area could be a little bit more. If you're in a place, you know, that's the rest of the U.S., could be closer to that 4.7 mark. But that's what the president had proposed the first of the year. Congress has not acted uh, against it. And so we're anticipating that coming out, and it should be any day. Um, so without a budget um, and under a continuing resolution right now, it's uh, going to put a little bit of a strain on some agencies to fund this higher raise, but that's that's what they're going to have to work out, including the IRS. And people, you mentioned this in our last podcast, some people have complained that even with this pay raise, we're not keeping up with the inflation of the last two, three years. However, it should be noted that this is, even with that considered, this is the largest pay raise that uh, military and civilian employees have seen in many years. Absolutely. This is a huge pay raise. Does it, you know, does it cover the inflation over the last couple of years? No, but very few things do. So, you know, it's understandable. We always would like to have uh, a bit more, but this is a tremendous accomplishment to be able to get this much of a pay raise. So I think we're in pretty good shape with it. And just to remind people, as a retiree, I know this, the retiree raises for the annuities are tied to inflation, and it's not an act of Congress as you have for federal employee raises, people still working. People who are retired, we have an automatic system that measures inflation in a way we don't think is fair. Most years, we had a huge pay, uh, increase in our annuities last year. Uh, it doesn't look like the next year is going to be nearly as large. Or you'll, you know, federal employees will get a bigger percentage increase than the annuitants probably will. So um, just remember that the annuities and, and the retirees, that's, that's not a decision of Congress. It's an automatic system tied to a specific cost of living uh, number that's put together. So there is a difference there and just understand that most years the employees do better than the annuitants. Last This past year that was reversed for one year and now I think we're going to go back to that again. Um, let's talk about telework and we mentioned this in our last podcast but because this is our final podcast of the year it's our only chance to really talk about this but because there's sort of an odd conflation calendar wise uh, for the federal pay periods. Talk about how telework is impacted by that. Yeah, and again, for folks that are not clear, because the 26th pay period doesn't go past December 30th, there are 27 pay periods 
um, in this year. Now, it won't uh, make a difference in things like your W-2 or things of that nature for pay per year, but it's just an odd thing. And because of that, um, you know, when they're talking about pay period 26, it's not the last pay period of the year. But certain divisions, including W&I, have come out and said, hey, you know, if you've got portable work and a telework agreement, so basically if you're already teleworking, um, you do, they are waiving the uh, twice a pay period requirement to come in for pay period 26, which I think is a wonderful decision. Um, I think it's just very smart during the holidays. Don't make people have to come into the office. Let them work from home if they're already doing so. Now, folks who are already working from home or who have jobs that um, do not have portable work, in other words, they are uh, in the office for a specific reason or the nature of their job means that they have to be in the office. They can't really telework. Yeah, that's that's going to be something that, yeah, I'm sorry, but there's no way to make you whole for something like that. Um, understand the frustration, but it's just one of those things because it's not really, you know, if you want to get something like this, then you need to be able to either A, telework, or B, find a job that you can telework at. You know, and that's that's just one of those things that at this point, folks who telework do have this particular um, advantage for this one pay period. So that that's a good summation, and we just—it's one of those things that only happens every several years. But our final uh, uh, issue for uh, this week, just for the week, news, if you will, uh, the House of Representatives has already gone on their holiday break. The Senate has has just done that, I believe. They stayed a little longer, thinking there might be some deal on another issue, but that didn't even come come to fruition. So the House and the Senate are out until after the first of the year. And when they come back, it's like they don't have any small list of things to do. Now, one of the major issues they have to deal with, not the only one, but one of the major issues they'll be dealing with is, of course, uh, making sure that the government does not shut down, that there's full funding for agencies and agency budgets are finally passed. And, uh, of course, it includes the IRS budget. There are two different tiers. One uh, set of, of agencies will run out of money a little past halfway in January. IRS and many other agencies would run out of money February 2nd if there is no budget uh, passed. And the uh, Speaker of the House said no more continuing resolutions, which means you've got to get the budgets passed. Um, so, Duncan, uh, once again, and we're going to talk more about this in our year-end uh, review but here we go again. We've uh, dodged a bullet three times, once with the debt limit, twice with, uh, uh, with, with just uh, continuing resolutions. So uh, what do we have to look forward to as we go into the new year? Uh, well, to further your analogy, this is like playing Russian roulette and you keep hitting misses. I mean, it's just one of these times it's going to hit a square. And I'm afraid that's going to be coming up because there is an awful lot of difference in looking at the budget numbers of what the top line numbers are wanting for the folks in the House versus the folks in the Senate. Um, it's going to be tough to come up with budgets. And as you said, the Speaker has said he is not inclined to do any more continuing resolutions. 
And they've got to do this appropriations work as well as, you know, work on a deal for money for the Ukraine, Israel, um, you know, the border, things of that nature. And it's going to be, there's there's a lot of things that are, um, you know, going to have to be happening. The FAA has a must-pass bill for the end of the year. I mean, these, everybody's cutting it very, very close, and there's a lot of work to be done uh, before the first set of, you know, the two-tier uh, continuing resolutions before the first one expires, and then the second one that includes our budget. So it's going to be a very, very tough haul to be able to get all this work done that they need to do. And they've got a short time to do it. And again, as you said, they said, okay, we're, you know, there's still going to be work done in the background, but they said, nah, we're going out. We're going to have a, uh, you know, holiday break and we'll come back after the first of the year. Okay. While Rome is burning, you guys are taking off. I understand. And I, and I get, you don't want to be around while nothing is happening, but I would think that there would be some sort of sense of urgency to try and get this uh, taken care of. No, I saw a former Republican member of Congress named Fred Upton. He was from Michigan. He was interviewed on TV the other day, and, and his basic message was, this is a terrible way to do budgets, a terrible way to run a government. And he wasn't really being, uh, uh, you know, he wasn't trying to be partisan. He was just trying to say, this is just a bad way to run the Congress because he knows how this will end. It will end in some kind of large omnibus bill, which nobody will have time to read, even though they say they will. Maybe their staff will go over it if they split it up or something. But, uh, you know, you're going to have some big last-minute deal to fund the government for the rest of the year. And uh, there will not be those considered decisions made in, in a committee and those trade-offs done uh, as they, they should be done in the process is broken. And we'll, we'll get a bad budget as a result of that, both for the agencies and for the American people, to be honest with you, uh, to make sure that uh, agencies are properly funded and overfunded and that, you know, the, the taxpayers are being taken care of, the agencies and our employees are being taken care of. So he said, really, everybody loses when budgets are, are done this way. Yeah, absolutely. It's, that's uh, very wise words uh, from former Congressman Upton. And I think that's shared by a lot of folks who are either uh, former Congress people or senators or folks who are heading for the door because they're just so frustrated with how things are going in this. Yeah, it does need to be done by, in the, you know, for folks who are a little bit older, regular order. Congress needs to go by regular order. And you have to be a little bit older because that hasn't really been done much lately. Um, so we're, you know, it, it does need to be improved. It does need to be fixed. You can't be anti-everything. There has to be something where you have to be able to come together and say, okay, let's let's you know work together. Let's do something. We may not love it, but we can live with it. And everybody needs to go in with that type of attitude to be able to solve problems. Okay, Duncan, this is our last podcast of 2023. So we, we're going to just take a look at the year and all the issues you and I have discussed in this past year. I want to take them one at a time. And not necessarily in any order, but just some of the major issues we've spent time discussing on this podcast. The first one 
that really relates to something we just talked about, the ups and downs of the shutdown chances. This would include both the uh, the debt ceiling, which would have had implications to the entire economy, as well as federal employees. It would have shut everything down, or most everything down. We still weren't sure how that would have worked, and we hope we never have to worry about that. But right. we've also had the government shut down uh, beyond the precipice of that and have last-minute deals on that. So I, it's been gut-wrenching, uh, Duncan, to have to go through these these, uh, how should I put it, these deadlines, and we never know what will happen until we're right up against that deadline. I guess Congress, that's the way they are. If they don't have a deadline, they don't do anything. But it's still hard for all of us, be they retirees or people working for the federal government. This this is difficult to have to deal with this uh, all the time. Yeah, it's like the worst roller coaster ride ever, and you can't get off. Um, it's just one of those things that, as we just uh, talked about, they need to be able to go in and work on this, but they seem to be totally against trying to come up with something on this. And I fear that's going to continue. I fear this is a trend that's going to continue. And we had it the same last year. It was the same the year before. And it's just something that um, you know needs to be fixed because federal employees' jobs are tough enough. You know, they don't have to worry about, you know, they shouldn't have to worry about Okay, if this shutdown comes, how long is it going to be? Am I going to be missing paychecks? Yes, I'll get paid eventually, but that's tough to, as we've said before, that's tough to pay your mortgage with, that's tough to pay groceries with, car payment, you know, by saying, hey, look, I will, I'll get it to you because I will get paid eventually. It's, it's just something that shouldn't have to happen, but yet it seems like the past couple of years or several years, it absolutely continues to. Next issue I would uh, raise would be the this is certain members of Congress just continuing to want to raid the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, the IRS got got a large amount of money to modernize and to beef up uh, our our efforts in terms of customer service and also, uh, of course, uh, doing examinations and collection work. Uh, we just to beefing up that whole operation generally. Uh, a, a compromise had to be made to avoid the debt limit by taking some money away from the Inflation Reduction Act the IRS is getting. There's still a lot of money in there, but uh, it's, I think there are certain members of Congress who will continue to come after that Re- Inflation Reduction Act money, which was the vehicle for IRS, number one, to staff up properly, but number two, update technology to where it needs to be. IRS I think you like to say where they have the very best of 1990s technology <laughs> yeah. that needs to change. So uh, if there's any chance IRS can upgrade itself to be a modern uh, tax administration agency, we, we IRS definitely needs to have that money. Yeah, I mean, you're taking a look at it that this the IRA funding so far has given us a level of service on the telephones that we haven't had in I can't tell you how many years that now they're going to be doing callbacks where we haven't been able to do that. We're able to hire more people, not just in uh, answering the phones, but also we're hiring more people in TAS to take care of issues when they come up. We're hiring more revenue agents, more revenue officers, and things of that nature. And I can tell you what the work coming down the pike is, is, you know, the president and you know has said during the Inflation Reduction Act, when they were talking about this, we're not going after the low-hanging fruit, the lower, you know, we're talking about 
you know, people who are making more than $400,000 a year. And everything that I've heard talking to various managers, executives, uh, whoever it is, uh, with revenue officers and especially with revenue agents, is that is exactly who they're looking at targeting. They're looking at the higher wealth folks, the folks who are making more money, because that's who they should be looking at. Now, when you get folks in Congress who want to take that money away from the, you know, don't want us to improve our technology, don't want to serve the taxpayers, don't want us to go after higher paying uh, folks who are making more money who are possibly shielding their income or not claiming things that they should be. Um, you know, what, what hidden agenda is it there? You know, you want to, you know, originally go right to, you know, does this have to do with political donations? I don't know, but you know what? I can draw a straight line as well as anybody. So it's, it's something that just needs to be, you know, let this money work for its intended purpose. Yeah. Coincidence? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, Let's look at something else, because you've talked about this a lot in, in recent podcasts and throughout the year. The management is definitely focused on hoteling. Uh, you have said that employees need to think about this. Do you want to work mostly in the office or a great deal of telework? If you're going to work telework to any large extent, you're going to lose your desk and you're going to have to desk share. That's what the management calls hoteling. Uh, if you want to keep your desk organized the way you want it and nobody else be on it, you better be in the office all or most of the time. Is it, so are we still there? Is it still a situation where employees really need to start thinking about this now? Yeah, absolutely. This is a huge, huge push by management. It has been for the last uh, couple of years and really in this past year has accelerated. They are very much looking at this. And like you said, and I've had employees come to me every week saying, I don't want to share a desk. Great. You don't have to share a desk. I don't. Nope. Come on back in. Work from the office five days a week. Well, I don't want to do that. I want to work from home and you know do that. Well, then you're going to end up being desk sharing. And it doesn't matter what your occupation is, whether it's revenue officer, revenue agent, somebody on the phone, somebody in task. They're looking at every single occupation they have. That for folks who are doing telework this, uh, you know, the vast majority of the time or out in the field the vast majority of the time plus teleworking, that they're looking at going from a three-to-one, uh, three people sharing a desk, they'd love to go to a five-to-one. Um, now, it, it amuses me uh, in, in a bizarre sort of way that when we were negotiating the national agreement, one of the things they said was, well, we want to bring people back in so it can be more uh, collegial. They can have discussions, talk about the water cooler. Well, if you're doing desk sharing at three to one or greater, you're not going to have everybody in at once because you're not going to have that desk space because every time they look at doing a move or a, uh, a project to stay in a POD or something of that nature, they're going to be looking at it through a desk sharing lens, not through the cubicles that we may have now where everybody's got their own and they're still doing uh, telework, but they're looking at reducing the number of that and so spacing in a rent reduction. So yeah, this is something that's coming and everybody needs to be prepared. 
Next issue, I think, and this is an important one, I think, for people working at the IRS, is that we have had, as a union, an incredibly good relationship with the commissioner, Commissioner Werfel. Uh, he's gotten out to a very good start, I think, and uh, I think he does care about employees and factors that into every decision he makes. Would you agree with that? I absolutely would. I think that he uh, has had a good relationship uh, with Tony Reardon and with Doreen Greenwald, our national, uh, former national president and current national president. Uh, he listens. I think he uh, wants to hear from the rank-and-file employees when it comes to things like pulse surveys and even the federal viewpoint survey. He's looking for all that information. Um, the only thing that I think he's lagging behind on is that uh, he hasn't graced us with his presence on our podcast even though we've asked him to. Um, invitation is still open, Duncan. He's absolutely. Still, New Year's coming. Let his staff think about it. <laughs> Unfortunately for him, some of the staff have dealt with me before, and for whatever reason, they're a little wary. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, no, in, in seriousness, I, uh, yeah, I truly think that he... Uh, does look at how things impact employees when he's making big decisions. Now, we may not always agree with him, but I think he's always got that as a factor in his head. He wants to make sure the taxpayers are being served, but he also wants to see how it's affecting and impacting the employees to making sure that they're not being uh, hurt unnecessarily. And you've already re uh, referred to this. NTU had a very big uh, change. Tony Reardon decided to retire the convention was in August. Doreen Greenwald has now been uh, elected to a four-year term as the national president of NTEU. We have a new vice president, uh, Anand Muni, I hope he pronounced his name correctly. Uh, and he comes from uh, uh, the uh, Homeland Security part of NTEU, the, uh, what we used to call customs, now we call border uh, protection. But uh, so we have uh, new uh, national leaders at the union. From what I have heard from you, they've they've also uh, not to a very good start in the beginning of their terms. Yeah, and you know, Doreen has been a uh, you know, first off, Tony Reardon um, was a wonderful asset to NTU for decades. Whether he was director of operations, national vice president, or president, just uh, just a treasure for an NTU. Uh, Doreen Greenwald came up a little bit differently. Doreen was the chapter president up in Wisconsin. I've known Doreen since she was, uh, before she was a chapter president, um, when she was chief steward. And then she, you know, spent decades doing revenue officer work. So she's worked the work. She's done it. She knows it. So she became special assistant to Tony, vice president. And then, as you said, this past August, uh, has become president. So she hit the ground running. She knew what she was doing. This lady is very detail-oriented and believes in federal employees. I mean, she truly, truly does. Um, our new national vice president, Don Mooney, is very centered on, um, you know, he's uh, Customs and Border Protection. That's where he comes from, West Coast. So he's very involved in that job, knows that kind of thing. And he's growing into that role as national vice president. Very sharp guy, very bright, wants to learn, and is learning about all the different agencies, including the IRS. So I think he was a good choice as well 
And, you know, you have to have somebody as a vice president that you're comfortable with, that you can uh, work with. And I think Doreen felt that with Anon. And um, they are working very well together. And the future of uh, federal employee representation here at the IRS is in great hands with those two. As we wrap that, by the way, anything else uh, the past year that crossed your mind you might want to mention as something that uh, was often discussed on this podcast? I, you know, we've discussed so many different things, and I'm just, I'm just happy that we've given the information out. You know, that's the main thing that I really like about this is, you know, we're here to give information out. If folks need it, we're here for it. If they have questions, they can send it to us. So nothing comes to mind in particular aside from what we've addressed, but. I'm sure through past podcasts, there's an awful lot of it out there. Well, I, th- I thought people watched and listened for Duncan Giles jokes. Oh wow! If they're doing that, they are in—they're uh, getting everything that they paid for. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes, it's, it's very expensive to listen to this podcast. It is free, folks. In case you didn't know. Uh, I want to just, uh, in in closing here, talk about uh, the last three and a half. It's been roughly three and a half years since we started this podcast. And I do remember, and we tell the story a lot. I, I most, most people, when they plan something like this, it takes weeks or months. You think about the format, you put it all together. You're, you're spending a lot of time discussing a, a lot of different things as to how you're going to do the podcast. Duncan and I didn't do any of those things. All I did was call him on the phone. So, you know, Duncan, I, and I do produce, uh, I do a, I write a local news blog as a retiree in my, my local community. I think local news is as precious and I'm trying to keep it going. Uh, so, but I also started local podcasts uh, in 2016 and I had the infrastructure to do that. So I just called Duncan and said, you want to do a, maybe a podcast, maybe weekly? Uh, he said, yes, okay. And that was it. That was it. We just started talking and how this has worked, I'll never know. But just you and I, I guess, maybe have that flair for being able to talk to each other. But uh, I still remember that first question I asked you on the, excuse me, the first podcast. And one of the reasons we started the podcast was we were in the, the thick of the pandemic. This, this COVID pandemic was wreaking havoc everywhere. And uh, the IRS was no exception to that. And I do remember the first question I asked you was, What's the state of the IRS in the state of Indiana? Remember your answer? Uh, I cannot recall that at this point. It, it, you said the state of the IRS in Indiana is all over the place. <laughs> well, at least we've become, at least we're consistent these past three and a half years. <laughs> but I don't think, and I, I want to get your take on this. I don't think we in America psychologically have recovered from what we went through in COVID. People forget how everything came to a halt. People stayed at home. We didn't know much about this, and it took a long time for scientists to come up with a vaccine and and come up with treatments for it, because at first we didn't have any. This was a brand new type of situation medically. But, you know, if we all had to deal with that, I mean, sports were off TV. There was very little being produced. I mean, movie theaters shut down. I mean, it was just a... Everything came to a standstill, and it slowly, you know, but surely opened up over time. And even when you look at something like a federal agencies, the IRS, other agencies, private industry, I mean, we're still dealing with the aftermath of COVID. 
and I think maybe we need to give ourselves just a little bit of grace because just how hard it's been. We we sometimes forget what we've been through, and we just need to kind of give ourselves enough forgiveness to move forward because it's it's been a very hard time for everyone. Yeah, it certainly has, and I mean, a lot of people have seen the advantages of being able to uh, work from home, and so when they get return to office orders, uh, you know, be it in the private sector or even some in the public sector, uh, it's it's tough for them. It's very gut wrenching um, because they're like, I can do this job from home. I'm very productive, you know, and it's going to be you know changes in attitudes that could take several more years to shake out and figure out what's the best way to progress uh, still from that pandemic. And I think that hoteling situation that you mentioned and have mentioned several times. I mean, there is a trade-off to work at home. And and if you work at home most of the time, and you can't do it all the time yet, that's being looked at, but right now you have to come in twice a pay period into your office. But uh, when we look at this, I do, I do think people are, need to continue to think about the fact you're going to have to make a decision. You know, I don't think sharing a desk is a lot of fun, particularly for the people who have been working uh, at the agency for a very long time. You're used to setting up your desk just your way. And even if you're not in the office all the time, you want to come back and look, go to a desk where you know how to find things and uh, you know how to, everything's organized. Those days are gone unless you want to come into the office all or most of the time. So that's, I think that's another remnant of of, of the pandemic and, and the, the government trying to adjust to to the new realities we have. Of course, NTU is going to be on there and, and uh, advocating for employees continues to do that. But we all have to face reality sometimes. Management does have a lot of authority in this area. And and I do think that one thing we've tried to do, Duncan, over these three and a half years since we started in the height of the pandemic is, and we forget this sometimes today, we went through some tough times in COVID. We went through all sorts of, of hoops. You know, We had to go through attestations. Remember those? Oh, and yeah. As to whether you had a, 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 a this or that. And and then we went through other situations where you know the, the the president said you know you have to do this and people said how can the president tell us to do that well we we had some people in the national union come in and say yeah the president can do this we can work around the margins as a union but you know he has the right to make that decision we can't challenge on that basis so we've been through a lot in terms of trying to update people as to what's happening I think it's been our role just to explain what's happening as best we know it and explain to people uh, what is happening now and, and where we see the future going. And I think we'll end the year on that note as well. You know, we we want you to uh, consider next year and hope for the best and prepare for the worst. I hate to say it, but that's the way we're going to look at the next year. Yep. And I do have a uh, final thought of my own. Um, I want to, uh, you know, this is the holiday season. So if you just finished celebrating Hanukkah, you celebrate Christmas, Kwanzaa, Yule, uh, Festivus for the rest of us. Um, you know, whatever it is, you know, I'm I'm all about being inclusive. It doesn't matter to me somebody's sex, somebody's uh, race, creed, color, orientation. You know, when I hear these people, you know, things that are being said, it it shouldn't make a difference. It should. You know, especially this time of year, it, it should be inclusive. This should be a time of peace, joy, happiness, and trying bringing people together. 
And that's what I hope that uh, every the message everybody takes. You know, reach out to friends or family you haven't seen or heard from for a while during the season. And just, you know, tell them how you feel about them. Wish them well. Uh, make sure that they know that if you do love them, that they are loved. Um, because you never know what may happen next. So just, you know, be inclusive of your fellow uh, woman or man. Well, Duncan, that's 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 great, a great, uh, great comment. We appreciate that. And you just heard Duncan Giles, our chapter president for NTEU Chapter Forty Nine. You've been listening to the Chapter Forty Nine podcast, or watching if you're on YouTube. We appreciate the fact that you've taken time out of your day uh, to spend a little time with us. And we have been at this for three and a half years. And if all goes well, we think it will. We will be back in January and buckle up for another year of the Chapter 49 podcast. So, Duncan, thank you for all that you've done uh, the past year, the past three and a half years to keep this going. And we thank all of you for watching and listening. That's why we continue to produce this podcast, because you're there and you tell us that uh, we provide something that's important to you. So uh, enjoy the rest of the year. Get ready for the new year. We'll talk to you in the new year in 2024. But until then, please be safe and be kind.